Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for starting the weekend with us. Here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, <clears throat> especially our uh, service minimum out there taking care of. We've got a little frog in the throat today, Robbie. So we'll see how that goes for us. Looks like we might have to cancel the show. Good Let's news. Good news. I'm plenty tough. Plenty tough. Nothing to worry about here. Let's thank our. And, and you ain't going nowhere either. Uh, where would I go? Who would have me? Would be the better question. <laughs> uh, I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville, or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It'd be weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Webb. Mm, that would be weird. Yeah, no, it would be very unexpected. Yeah, it's too bad that Webb is not Werb because then it would be brew spelled backwards. That's a good point. I don't know why it would be Werb, but. Why is it Webb? Technically, is my name after some backwards. guy? If his name had been Werb instead of Webb, you know, there's there's crazy names out there. My last name's guy, the guy that settled the community or something. Yeah, Josiah Webb. There you go. I don't know if Prominent his name is Josiah. Family. That's probably a, a safe bet for somebody who. When was Webb founded as a community? Uh, eighteen ninety six. Yeah, Josiah's probably a, Josiah. A is he like Amish or something? There are plenty of you know people named Josiah back in the day, and Jehoshaphat and stuff like that. Jumping Jehoshaphat, exactly. Yeah. Old jumping Jehoshaphat. Well, what gets you jumping in the morning is Strange Brew Coffee. So order it shipped to your house if you don't live here in Startville or uh, Tupelo. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. This holiday season, get the coffee lover in your life some Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com, guys. The holidays are here. It's time where we are in the Christmas spirit. Trees are going up. Presents are going under them. Make sure you've got something from College Corner under the tree for the Bulldog fan in your life. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starville's flagship restaurant. Don't forget, speaking of the Christmas season, check out Miracle Under Maine. That is where they have turned the guest room into a Christmas wonderland. It looks like a Hallmark movie down there. All that's missing is some, you know, some corporate. Candace Cameron. Well, we just need some corporate woman to show up whose life has just gotten overrun in the big city. And now she comes to Starkville and she reconnects with her high school sweetheart and they live happily ever after. That's all we're missing. Who's a farmer. And her her fiance is just a real jerk. Yeah, this yeah. guy's a good down home guy. You got to go deeper than just a farmer. You know, he's like he's like an or he like he owns he, the the local hardware store. Yeah, there there we go. And yeah. he puts up you know he's he puts up all the lights downtown. We're talking he about our friend his, West he now. Old, it was he helps old lady. <laughs> he helps old ladies into the into right. you know exactly. Store. I saw a great tweet about this though. They said that Hallmark movies are basically the 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 first guy is saying. No, honey, I can't leave the city. I'm in the middle of putting together a a deal that will secure us financially for the rest of our lives. And she gets mad at him. Like, yeah. Oh well. Just being a good husband. Yeah, he's trying. He's trying to. I was like, I'm going to do this, and I'll be able to take care of you, and you'll never want for anything. And she's like, No, I want to live with this guy who's the local beekeeper. <laughs> he owns a he owns a, a nonprofit organization yeah. in town for. For uh, young, yeah. like homeless that nonprofit kids organization is called the local office supply store. Everybody goes <laughs> to the Home Depot and then and, and all that. So, as you can see, folks, we're really trying to delay the inevitable we that's are. coming in this show. A good restaurant, we're trying, Tyler. You, we're trying to give you a real lighthearted start to the show. It's going to get dark, it's going to get heavy very soon. Firehouse Sub Mississippi Sport, Mississippi State Sports, though. Feel the heat. Uh, 
firehouse subs. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna go to firehouse subs and get lunch tomorrow. I think I'm I'm just craving a meatball sub. So I say tomorrow. I mean today. I'm going today. I'm not gonna eat anything for lunch on uh on Saturday because that's the Christmas party day, and I gotta save up. I gotta save up all that valuable real estate for all the delicious treats my wife is gonna prepare. Oh yes, that you will enjoy as well because you will be there. Yeah. So anyway, firehouse subs, great sandwiches, easy to use app. Plenty of reward points. Locations in Starkville, Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, Madison. Firehouse ups. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to be with you again. Sing with me. Let's harmonize. No, don't do it. I don't remember the words. Yeah, me either. In the sounds of silence. Uh... All right. First off, I don't know, Robbie, if you've seen the video of me reading Dylan Johnson's tweet. I did. I watched that. It's the only thing that brought me joy last night. That and me reminding you we got to eat a prime rib sandwich. Yes. The board and social media was just (laughs) a cesspool that Mm. I felt my life crumbling. I have, you know. I, I'm glad that I think I handled it about as good as I could have because I'm just reading along thinking, okay, pretty typical, you know, fluff piece here on the way out the door. And since I'm not tough, what? Yeah, it was just like a, you know, you're just sitting there reading and then all of a sudden your eyes bulge out of your head because yes. you can't believe what's in front of you. I was sent that graphic mm-hmm. and my first thought was, that's fake. Yeah. It was kind of like it was a separate uh, edit. You know, Mississippi State's been putting out. I think Mississippi State's been making graphics for the players. Mm-hmm. So my first thought was that's not real because it just doesn't look like a real graphic or at least one that Mississippi State makes. Right. Secondly, I'm like, no one has ever said that in a, in a graphic that I can I remember. I swear just the other day I was in a, in a text with somebody who was saying, I wish they would just like one time be a, a, a transfer person saying, this place sucked. I hate the coaches and I'm out. I just, I just wish it would happen one time. And there you go. You got your wish. Yeah, there you go. So, um, that happened. Mm-hmm. And, and what's uh, I think just, the point out is we knew he was transferring. We had already told you guys that we expected him to go. That's not the issue. I've never seen a guy torch the place on the way out. I mean, he full on did the whole light the fire and walk away and not look at the explosion thing. Yeah, he did. And um, I actually spoke. I actually spoke spoke briefly with Dylan last night. Okay. Um, and basically, he said that he just felt like he was disrespected, mm-hmm. and he didn't uh, want to stand for that, and. You know, that was before we all knew where this all came from. Right. One thing so, we have to we have to say here in this in this situation is that there's a lot of two things can be right at once, or two things can be true at once, two people can be right at once, two people can be wrong at once, right? We got we gotta not look at this, in my opinion, in terms of black and white. There's a lot right. of shades of gray happening in, in this in this situation. And we're, and we're going to talk about – what we talk about today is going to play both sides. Right. And it's not that we're trying to hedge anything. It's just you both can sides say, are wrong, both sides are right. You can believe that Dylan Johnson should not have aired that kind of dirty laundry on the way out the door. Should right. have just swallowed it, been the bigger man. And, and you know, if you don't want to like Mike Leach going forward, you don't want to, you don't want to deal with him, that's fine. But leave it, leave it there. By that same token, you can say that Mike Leach, a coach of his veteran stat- stature and experience, should know better than just to crush a player like that to one of his teammates. It, it it just shouldn't happen. It should just be like, you know, Dylan's gone and he's no longer part of our program and we're going to move forward. You know, you get, taking shots doesn't it doesn't make anybody feel it doesn't do anything except make you make you feel a little bit better. Mm-hmm. It doesn't help anything to do that. So we can say both people were wrong. We can yep. maybe say both people were right. We can maybe say that Dylan Johnson was right. I mean, he didn't he didn't lie. He didn't he didn't make anything up. He just he wanted to he wanted to let people know what had happened. 
So you can look at it from that perspective. From that same token, you can say, well, Mike Leach gets paid $6 million a year to coach football. And if you don't want to play for him, well, then, you know, you can get the hell out. And who cares what he says about you on the way out the door? All right. If you don't like it, suck it. You know, who cares? Suck so, it. I just went straight, went straight there. Yikes. So there's a lot. There's a lot that happened. One thing is for sure, Robbie, I've never seen anything like that. I haven't been covering college football that long. This is my, what, like ninth season doing it? I ain't never seen anything like that. No, me neither. Um, And I I really – I don't even know how to process this. Like, whenever it first happened, I didn't know who was more at fault in that situation. And that was before I even saw the video of him actually saying those things, mm-hmm. which if you haven't seen the video, I mean, it's, it's really, there's nothing to it. It's, it's a 10 second video. It's what, it's what Dylan said in this tweet is what Mike Leach said mm-hmm. that he wasn't tough and he's glad he's gone. That's, right. that's basically what he said. Yeah. And presumably, you know, I don't have a hundred percent clarification on who that was. Um, I'm sure Mike Leach knows who it was, so it doesn't that doesn't really matter as much to us. But um he can't he can't say those things to a teammate of the player. I just I, I can't get on board with him doing that. At the same time, the outrage of just saying that somebody's not tough is kind of weird to me. Mm-hmm. Because we've all played sports, we've I've had way worse things said to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've heard coaches we've heard coaches tell us our entire lives get tougher, mm-hmm. get be a man, do this and that. I mean, that's just part of football. But it, I mean, it's you know? a different time. You know, that's told, that's that's my I mean, point too. I have, I have to, I have complete, to remind myself of that sometimes, Robbie. That yeah. I haven't played football. It'll be thirty years next the next year. Like my last game was in November of 1993. I mean that that's no different than what football was from my time to November 1963, when you, they wouldn't even let you have water. Yeah, and so, that's I mean, what that's. I'm changed. trying to put I'm trying to put myself in the kids' shoes because this is a much different generation than what we've grown accustomed to. At the same time, it's it's hard it's hard for me to believe that Leach believes that Dylan is not actually tough. I mean, we've seen him run the football. We've seen what he's done. Like, I'm not going to say that either Dylan Johnson or Jaquavis Marks are not tough people, right? As, as as those running backs, right? Because the running backs have taken as much much of a punishment as anybody else on the entire team. So to say they're not tough is is really a stretch. Now, you can argue with what how Dylan reacted to this mentally. That's what uh, Leach is talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he's a soft personality. I don't know, but at the same time, like I just don't. I don't think that it benefits Mike to say that to a to a player that's a teammate of Dylan's, that's been in the trenches with Dylan, and Dylan's the one that's out there, you know, putting in the blood, sweat, and tears every day. Uh, I don't think that's a good move, and for Dylan, I don't think it's a good move for him to come out and state that publicly. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, he's not going through with this Instagram thing that's coming up i don't think he can gain anything from that and yeah, he's had several he's had several people i saw latoya thomas reached out to him told him like don't do this just kind of move on i think that uh booby dixon had some really good words i thought what he said on twitter about the situation um so i mean it's probably best for dylan just to move on because let's be honest here mike leach is probably one of the most respected coaches and coaching circles that there is and if you if you don't think that this isn't going to hurt Dylan Johnson's chances somewhere else, it's being a little naive. I don't think this is going to help his chances. He might have an, another place lined up, and if he does, that's great. And I wish Dylan all the best. He is a great person, no matter what you think of him for doing this. I know him. I know his family. Um, they are good people. He's been very good to some of my family members, so I have nothing bad to say about Dylan Johnson. Um, so I hope he – goes somewhere he finds a spot and he's able to excel somewhere because 
I do think that this could potentially hurt him in the portal. Mm-hmm. Having said this, and whoever I whoever like did that, I feel like this is the, those are the words of a man who knows he's already got something lined up. Yeah, so I, mean, I, hope, I hope that's true. I hope that's true. I really do. I, I mean, there's the a lot of we've people, heard is Oklahoma. So if yeah. we see a graphic the next day or two of him going to Oklahoma, you know, we know it's already done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that are going to wish ill will and Dylan and all that stuff. I just I refuse to do that. Mm-hmm. He laid his he laid everything on the line for three years in an offense that he wasn't recruited to run, mm-hmm. um, being utilized in a different way than running backs usually are, and he was left out to dry a lot of times. He and Marks both, but. Um, you know, I I hope that he succeeds somewhere else and is able to um, find happiness somewhere because it obviously is not here. Uh, he's obviously not very happy at all. And whoever was recording the conversation with Leach is not very happy either. But there there was a little malicious intent there. Feels like it. You don't. Why you don't record. Would, why else would you record a conversation? You don't record a conversation if you don't have intentions <laughs> of using that against the person that you're yes. recording. And you also so, don't record it. You know, in Mississippi, it's legal to record a conversation with one person knowing it. And but we should I, we should clarify that because there's some people that think that Mike Leach is going to you know sue whoever did that or whatever. They, that. they can't. There's nothing. So um, whoever did that, that person is potentially in more trouble than Dylan Johnson, though I think. Yeah, so it's very if, possible. If that, because I don't think that that person is going to be able to remain on this roster. Uh, you can't trust that person at this point if True. you're a coach. So that person's probably not going to be able to remain on this roster. And secondly, good luck trying to find a spot if Mike Leach is out there kind of intercepting it and telling you, this person recorded a phone or phone conversation that I had. Yeah. That's the kind of person you're it's about not to put even in your intercept- It's not even getting in front of it. Coaches are going to call him. Yeah. You know, if, you're, play- if you're a kid. player and, and, and you go in the portal – so my coaches are going to call Mike Leach like, hey, I see so-and-so's in the portal. Tell me about him. And if, he's, if his first thing is, well, he's the one who recorded that conversation in secret about me. I mean, that's going to be a tough, tougher for people to get around now. I mean, you just can't. I will, say, know, this, this is, I will say this, though. And I, I, I spoke to a, a college football coach last night. And I asked him about some of this. And I said, would any of this stuff stop you from recruiting these players? And his main point was this. Can they help us win? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. They're turning into hired guns, pretty much. Yeah. But um, but I do think that is going to matter to some coaches, too. I think so, too. Um, and, I mean, let's be honest. Mike Leach is as connected to coaching circles around the country as anybody, like I said. I mean, he's connected to almost every single major job in college football in some form or fashion. He knows somebody really well. Somebody coached under him at this place. I mean, everybody knows Mike Leach. Everybody's been involved with Mike Leach. He's got uh, Deion Sanders comes up to Starkville to get his advice on who to hire for his staff, get some offensive advice. That guy's one of the hottest coaches in the country right now. I just – I mean, it's just there's so much that can happen here. And now we got Tulu Griffin is tweeting out some kind of DM from somebody that says we don't want you at Mississippi State anymore. Wait, oh god, <sighs> this is a disaster. Now you got me wanting to find it. Hold on, here we go. Which that that person should be exposed because if it's a if it's a regular regular person, they should be hammered for it. Mm-hmm. And if it's somebody pretending to be a state fan, that should be known. Correct. Let's see here. Because I can make a fake Ole Miss account right now, go to Ole Miss players, and and start yeah. dropping bombs in their DMs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tulu cuts it off, so you can't see who. Uh, so you do that, but uh, honestly, and this is one of the issues of <clears throat> of uh, of social media is that. Everybody gets in their feelings, and then they just feel like they can just say whatever they want. So you've got people tweeting at Tulu, tweeting at the other players, and like, what does that help? Speaking of which, by the way, once again, I'd like to point out that the whole family thing is just a gigantic load of crap. Just want to to make sure we're all on the same page with that. Um, 
And that, and that starts through the whole thing. I mean, if your family, do you talk about your players like that? No. If your family, do you talk about your, your program and your coach on the way out the door like that? No. No. So, so stop. Just stop. It's a, it's a business. It's a business, 100%. Um, the, the biggest, one of the biggest issues I have with all this is the, the whole, you see the generational gap. You see, like, the people who are, you know, in their 50s and 60s who just, they don't understand what's going on. And then you have the young younger people who who kind of have a, a glimpse. This is, you know, one thing that bothers me, Robbie, and I've, I'm going to talk about this today on Sports Talk Mississippi. So if you listen to Thursday's Sports Talk Mississippi, you may hear this twice. But I get tired of hearing stuff like, you know, kids today have it so easy. They just have it so easy. You know, it's not like when I was a kid. Isn't that kind of the whole the, the point of, of, of existence? That for your the next generation to have it easier, I mean, I'm, I, we only have to go back like ten generations, and we were living in caves. You know, I mean, I don't want to go back to that. Like, I want my kids to have it easier than I had it. I don't want them to struggle. I don't, you know. Now, that's not to say I'm going to let them, you know, run all over me. Certainly not. They know how to, to respect their elders. They understand that they have to obey when I tell them to do stuff. That's fine. But the idea, like, I, I get tired of hearing that. It's something that drives me absolutely insane. The whole, well, you know, kids today just have it so easy. Good. It means we're not regressing as a society. Can you imagine if we had it as bad as our great-grandfathers had it? Who wants that? Who's sitting around wanting to, to return to the 1910s? Nobody. It drives me, it drives me crazy, Robbie. It, it, this, that's one of those things that you know, I don't have a whole ton of pet peeves. That is one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's just being out of touch. It's just not being – you don't – I mean, you lived in a different society. It's just like people that were living in the 70s that grew their hair out yeah, and listened to rock and roll music, and their parents said that, you know, that music is trash. And and now we look at it, and it's called I mean, classic, you know. Yeah. I mean, our, our parents grew up in a time of segregation. So if, if I have to choose between segregation and – Kids getting what they want a little more than they should. I'm going to go with the second one. I'm going to go with the latter. Yeah, I feel like we're we're improving as people if if that's the case. At the same time, like when you know, when you look at like coaching and like like coaching football, it's tough. Like this is a this is a tough game. Yeah, I mean it's a battle when you're running as fast as you can and colliding with another person. Your body is not meant to do that. Football is supposed to make you tough. Football is supposed to, and I'm not call. I'm not saying that Dylan Johnson's. I'm just speaking. But toughness on, is part of the game. I'm just speaking on like the generation now. Like you talked about the, you know, the generation gap or whatever. But right. this entire game was built around molding someone into a tough individual, a tough man. Right. Preparing you for, for everybody. Life. It's Football's not. For everybody. not but it it teaches you life lessons, it and, does. and some some coaches abuse it and do it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. The good coaches are tough on you, but they also love you in return. Right. And I don't I don't know what there Mike are some Leach coaches. Is. I think of that coach um, from Last Chance U a few years ago, the 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 one out in California, who's just yeah. who's just a jerk to be a jerk. Or was it the dude in uh, Kansas? Was it Kansas or Ka- maybe the dude with maybe a cigar Kansas. and the hot? Yeah, 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 yeah. Him. I mean, that, that, guy, that guy's not a, he's not a coach. Coach isn't the right word for him. You know, he's just in charge of the football team. He calls plays. Yeah. That's all he wants. But I think about about some of the great coaches in in Mississippi Mm -hmm. in high school football that, you know, were just tough. Like they had that reputation of just being really tough. Right. But their kids would run through a brick wall for Mike Justice is the first guy I think of. Yeah. Mike Justice. Mike Justice working down at Warren Central. Um, Oh, the guy who was at all those years at uh, was he at Pedal down in the cell? What was his name? Marcus Broles. Marcus Broles. That's who I'm thinking of. Th- those are the guys. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean that's and and you know at the end of the day, like practice is tough. Everything's tough on you. Like Bull Sullivan at uh, EMCC, yeah. Bear Bryant. Yeah, but those people would run through a brick wall for their coach, and and they knew that when it was over, their coach would do the same. Yeah, you know, Bear Bryant is legendary. For how he helped his players after they left, yeah, and he did. He would do anything for those guys. And I just think, and it's not to me. It's not the kids' fault at this point. It's just how they've. It's just how society's changed, right? 
um, everything is a little more sensitive now. Yeah. You can't and, – and, and the point that I'm trying to make is not to blame any players. Mm-hmm. You can't talk to kids like this anymore. You can't. It just doesn't work. And I'm the, not the, – The ones that do do it yeah. are winning big, and players are buying in because they know I have to do this to win a championship. And I'm not – you know, there are a lot of things about the younger generations. I don't want to sound like the old man in the cloud here, but, you know, I, the, the whole uh, I'm triggered by this, and, you know, I feel like a lot of kids – I feel like some kids are soft these days. I do feel like that. But at the same time, you know, when you, when you agree to play football, you, you sort of agree to not be soft. Yeah. You, you, you can't do it. And, and I'm not saying – Dylan again, I'm with you on this. Dylan Johnson's not a soft guy in my opinion. All right, that's a guy who has uh, been a good father, you know, early in his fathering career. Uh, he's a tough football player. He has won games for Mississippi State. He has played hurt for Mississippi State. He deserves respect. He's angry. He lashed out. You know, and it, at the same time, remember this. I'm not using the use the word kid, but he's 20, 21 years old. And you know, how did you react to everything when you were 20, 21 years old? Well, my gosh, a couple of weeks ago, I get a th- I get a tweet on social media. I mean, you saw how I reacted to that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we're human beings. Yeah. And th- this guy has hardly experienced a you know a ton of adult life. He just had a child, which, by the way, changes your whole perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm not here to condemn him for how he thought he needed to handle that situation. I don't think it benefits him to do that, but he was hurt. He was a guy that was hurt. He felt like he gave his all for Mississippi State for three years, and a coach that's coached him for three seasons and watched everything that he's done called him soft, said he wasn't tough enough. Mm -hmm. If I've given everything that I have for for the university and for the coach too, I would probably be upset as well. I mean, it's like imagine if if your dad told you that. Yeah. You know? I mean, how would that feel? It would hurt. It's just, you know, the, there is no winner in this. No. no. Nobody wins in this. And there's it's a lot, and there's a lot of blame. And that's one of the things I don't like right now is that special message board. It's, it's all blaming Dylan Johnson. Nobody wants yeah. to put any blame on Mike Leach. Mike Leach well, there, there, there are a lot of people that are blaming Leach, too. There I are. Think there's, there's very few people that have said Dylan was wrong here, Leach was wrong here, and <laughs> the, the person filming this was wrong here. There, there's very few people that have been able to step back and say, "This is, you know what? This is all wrong. Everybody involved was wrong on this. Right. Nobody wins. It's bad for everybody. Right? And it's bad for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. This isn't Which, a good look for Mississippi State. It's not yeah. a good look for for Mike Leach. It's not a good look for some of the players. Yeah. While we're here, Xavion Thomas has entered the transfer portal as well. I don't think there wasn't any drama in his uh, release as I. Uh, as we we said it, um, that's as far at this point, Robbie. I would I would go so far as to say, if there's another addition to the portal that's in the too deep, that would come as a surprise at this point. Yeah, I mean, it, well, here's the bottom line: nothing has happened that isn't that hasn't been expected, and they're not really tied together. That's what's so strange about yeah. all this. There's a lot of negativity around Mississippi State right now, but at the end of the day, you're kind of back at square one mm-hmm. where you have Ra-Ra Thomas entering because apparently he wanted more NIL money. You right. got Xavier Thomas entering because <clears throat> apparently he wants to get closer to home, whether that's at LSU or Louisiana Tech or whatever. That's what he's told people. Mm-hmm. Dylan Johnson is entering because he wants more carries. Mm-hmm possibility that Jaquavis Marks does the same thing. Um, and nobody's leaving on defense right now. I mean, that, like they're going to have to probably get rid of some guys that are down the roster a little bit because nobody's seems to be wanting to leave. I mean, Nate Watson came out joking with everybody last night. It's really strange to me how settled the defense is and how locked in they all are. All, they all are. Mm-hmm on playing for Mississippi State and all that stuff. And then on offense, you're having to keep this guy happy and then this this guy happy and they don't they they're not getting enough carries and it's just a uh, I don't know. I mean you got I mean, Will Rogers calling me Chiefs. Like like I what is going on? 
The only thing the worse than the chief is sport. That is like that is the most passive aggressive. Yeah. Name you can call somebody. Which was weird. It's just out of nowhere. It's weird. And, and who can who can deny what's going on with offense? Like it's not. I mean, you think it's my fault that you guys are you guys are basically days of our lives right now. There you I go. Mean, days offense of our has lives been, again, Robbie. Mullen I know. I'm just. I'm obsessed with days of our lives. I know. Um, but no, I mean, it's just. It's just one thing after another, and at the same time, like we've, if the details weren't released, people would just be focusing on okay, well, who are they getting in the portal to replace these guys and moving yeah. on? Yeah, if Dylan Johnson had just said thank you to everybody, I appreciate my time at Mississippi State. I'm moving on. It would have been like that's a big blow. He was he's a good running back, but they'll find somebody to replace him. It's it's the the extra stuff. And honestly, the, the other side of that is we talked about you know winning earlier about. Can they help me win? If if Leach had won the Egg Bowl last year and he had gone eight and four and not been seven and six, nobody would care. They'd no. be like, I don't care. I support Mike Leach. The, the only reason there's any support for Dylan Johnson whatsoever is because Mike Leach hasn't won enough to this point. Yes. If Mike Leach was was Nick Saban, mm-hmm. then everybody would be talking about how if Mike Leach had had Lane Kippen for the last two years, if he had been yeah. ten and three and now eight and four. With two wins over Ole Miss, nobody cares. But Leach is just—he's Leach is a lightning rod, yeah. um, you know, because he's had these political <laughs> views. He's very—he doesn't care what anybody thinks, right? He says what he wants. He'll never apologize for something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's just a lightning rod for people that are triggered by stuff like this. Agreed. And that word triggered again—that triggered me. I know it's just. What a weird time to be living, man. It is. All right, let's move on into a little basketball before we get out of here. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. If you're cooking out this weekend, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. And if you're just staying in, you want to cook, break out the Dutch oven, beef stew, taco soup, spaghetti and meatballs, uh, chili. If you're looking, it's not really warm weather. It's not really cold weather this weekend, but if you just want to go ahead and do it, Nobody's going to say anything, and everybody's going to enjoy it because everybody in the family always loves beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. I wonder how many people today went in there and uh, asked for the prime rib sandwich. Yeah. I, feel like, I feel like, based on the amount of likes that tweet got, that we, we, have, we, we drove them some business uh, on Thursday. Uh, so hopefully they. Have, I, ho- I hope that is a regular item. They need the to put that on the menu. That needs to stick around. That's that's a that's a great sandwich. Delicious. And we talk about it all the time. You know, there's not just not a miss on the menu. But when they make sure you're following them on Instagram, they're always letting you know what the specials are there, and they've always got great new sandwiches in there. They they, they do they do pastrami from time to time. They do uh, a homemade BLT from time to time. They got all sorts of great stuff going on at two brothers it's not just what's on the menu they got they got more than that check it out next time you're in town smoked southern soul food at two brothers smoked meats great products great service everybody promises it advantage business systems they deliver it and they have for 47 years just give them a call when you need technology for your business copiers and printers uh computers and laptops whatever it is they've got it and then if you need service you get to talk to the same people who made you the sale no out of uh, the uh no out of the country call centers no out-of-state consultants, just a native Mississippian doing business with a native Mississippian. Simple as that. Number 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at The Rogue is the place to find a great Christmas gift for dad. They have got a lot of cool stuff. They're bringing in new stuff all the time, and it's got the logos that you want. No, no banner M. It's all about the M. St- it's all about the M over S. It's all about the uh, the state script and the walking bully. That's the stuff you guys say you want. They've got it at the Rogue with great name brands and the quality assurance you have with dealing with one of the South's top men's clothing stores. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson or shop at the Rogue.com online. Don't live the three stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. When you look at the stats for this Minnesota basketball team, uh, Robbie, first off, four and four on the year. They've already started conference play. They lost. Uh, okay. 
Uh, they lost on um, December fourth to Purdue by uh, 19 points. Purdue is one of the best teams in the country. They, as we're as we're recording on a Thursday, they play Michigan Thursday night. So they'll have that's their home opener for Big Ten play, and then they have this game. Uh, sort of, they it really weird actually. They have this game, and then they have another four non-conference games in a row, all at home, uh, and then they get back, and then they really crank up Big Ten play from there. So the, the, their schedule is just odd. This is a team that doesn't score a lot of points as it is, Robbie. They only they only shoot 42% from the field. They're averaging 63 points a game. They're getting out-rebounded by about five rebounds a game uh, are the Minnesota Golden Gophers. On paper, this looks like a team that Mississippi State, should their defense should once again be able to put the clamps on. Yeah, but I, I feel like we kind of thought that last year that the State was going to win did. that game, and they really we struggled. Did. And and that was the game for me where I first really I started questioning what was going on and was Ben Howland going to make this? I, I I left that game thinking that Minnesota team wasn't good enough because remember that game they got out to a huge lead and State never State was able to, I think to tie it they never got the lead back and they were like you know hitting shots that just they were hitting open threes all over the place and they, they played they may have been their best game of the season. You, know, you got me curious now. I want to go back and find that box score, but that like they were just throwing stuff up and like what what is happening? Like it was just like an out of body experience. Like one guy I think had like a career day, which happened a lot against Ben Howland's defense. It did, but I you know I think that was just kind of a freak game for them. Yeah, and State thought they were going to win that ball game, and it just yeah they pay- found themselves in a dogfight. Peyton Willis had 24 points in this game. He shot 8 of 15. They shot 12 of 29 from behind the three-point line. Uh, for, for the game, that's 41%. Peyton Willis on the season last year, so I can find his stats. There we go. No st- uh, career. He averaged uh, points per game. He averaged just under you know 16 points per game. So you know ahead of his average. As a three-point shooter on the season last year, you know he, he wasn't as good. I mean, he obviously wasn't you know shooting sixty percent from three or whatever that is. And like I said, it was just, shot forty-three percent. That's that's actually not that's that not bad, bad at all. Not bad, but eight of fifteen is just. I mean, that's crazy talk. Um, excuse me. This team uh, this year. And I talked to Richard Williams about this a little bit yesterday on, on Thunder and Lightning Live. They're just better across the board defensively than they were a season ago. At every position, every player is playing defense better. And he did a really great job. I, I encourage you to go back on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed and find that that the live show and uh, check it out, starting about 20 minutes into the show. Or I guess it's, they take the commercials out about 17 minutes into the show. Um and you can hear what, what Coach Williams is saying about this team defensively, how they're just very technically sound, they're well-coached, and it's it's showing Talking off. about Mississippi State, about Mississippi right? State, yes, absolutely. Okay. And so, you know, the way that last year's game was kind of a barometer for Mississippi State, for me anyway, I, I sort of feel the same way here. You're, I know you're on the road, but this is not a good basketball team you're playing. You should be able to win this game. If 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 the pundits are correct, you know they got you ranked in the top twenty-five. The analytics say you're a top-five team. Win the game, and I, honestly, I think they will. Yeah, this is you're looking at the the back half of this. Was I mean we're beyond the back half, but you know towards the end of this non-conference schedule, you have a chance here to finish strong. And your goal now should be you you've played kind of the toughest teams that you're going to play. Drake is, a, I think, a good Drake program. Drake is going to be a tough one, yeah. Um, so, you know, that one's still up in the air. But you don't have very many teams like Akron, Marquette, and Utah left in this non-conference slate. Mm-hmm. Minnesota has the name, but this is not, you know, a, a team that's going to do any damage in the Big Ten. So now your goal is we got to get, we got to get through these next four games with wins. You do that. And then you got TCU down the line in the middle of the conference schedule, and that is what it is, or whatever. But you come out of this uh, twelve and zero, and then it's it's you know it's game on now. Yeah, 
It's about just staying, keeping your head above water in SEC play and making sure you get into the NCAA tournament. Can't have any slip-ups. Minnesota would not be a good loss, even with it being on the road. So this is a, a game that you really need to go take care of business and win. I, I think it's going to be an ugly game, just like the other games. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be pretty for Mississippi State at all. But just get out of there with a win. That's basically your goal going into Minneapolis. It's always tough to win on somebody else's place. Is. That's the big push for Mississippi State here is to get a true road win against a team that, you know, their net's not going to be great, but a, a, even a Q3 road win is worth something to you. So a yeah. chance to get a true road win will be great for Mississippi State. And then they finish up with, you know, the, the next two non-conference games. You got one in Jackson against Jackson State, one at home against Nichols. Should be able to get those two wins. And then you play that game with Drake. Maybe that's, you know, the only loss you have in the non-conference. But if you can win that, man, the, the possibilities are really good for Mississippi State to, to be able to to withstand even like a four or five game losing streak. And and it, you know, if they get to that point in conference play, and there and look, there's going to be opportunities for that. Look, we we broke down the conference schedule yesterday on uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. And there's going to be some times in there where in a four-game stretch, they're going to go one and one and three. You know, that might happen. And then it could turn into 0 and 4 if, if things don't go the way you want. But you're going to ha- you've built in some cushion here if you're Christians yeah. in, in company. So well, that's what that's what you've always seemed to kind of struggle with at Mississippi State. Hallen could never get cushioned. Yeah. He was always Stansbury, Stansbury a lot of times yes. when he had those teams where you were saying, all right, this team needs to make the tournament this year. Mm-hmm. They would lose a couple of games in non-conference they weren't supposed to lose. They would lose right. to Ryder and Northwestern State or something like that. And then that means you have to make up in conference schedule like two games when you do that. And State's got, you know, you got to go to Knoxville. You got to go to Auburn. You got to go to Tuscaloosa. Uh, you got to go to Fayetteville. You're playing at some of the toughest places to play in the SEC, with the exception of Kentucky. I mean, you don't have to play them or right. LSU on the road, but you still have to play them here. You still the have to play is, The schedule is going to be tough in in the SEC. So, getting out of this thing, thirteen and zero in non conference, that gives you a lot of wiggle room, and it, you're, it's not going to hurt you to go on the road and lose at Fayetteville, yeah, or lose at Tuscaloosa. That's not going to hurt you. Yeah. But that's just that's one less win more than likely that you're not going to have. So stacking wins in this non-conference, that's the biggest thing that Mississippi State can do. And so far, there's been nothing to complain about. I mean, like you said the other day, top five in the net. Mm-hmm. And that's because the teams that they've beaten are winning games. Yeah. The other uh, good- that's, and that's, that's something that you always have to factor in. You can't control what these teams are doing. Right. So you got to make sure you win those games. Right. Now, when you get the win, it's it's twice as important because Marquette and Utah is rolling through their schedule right now. The other good news for Mississippi State in this is I think Deshaun Davis should be back this week. Uh, when we talked to Chris Jans after the uh, oh who did they play? Was it Omaha? I think yeah. And he said that they they were hopeful, you know, having back for the Saturday game against Mississippi Valley. He didn't play in that game, but. At this point, you know it, it's it's not a major injury; it's just a nagging injury. They are, I think, they're hopeful that he can play in this game, and if that's the case, that gives State another weapon, and I think it helps them. It opens up the offense a little bit more, not just because in terms of what he brings points wise, but being a true point guard gives you the ability to drive and to dish and to open things up uh, in 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 the half court game. So we'll see. I think we're both taking State to win this game. And if they do that, man, nine and zero, they they just continue to be impressive uh, in the uh, the very it's 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 no why you know I say or the early part I mean we're about a third of the way through the season now at this point so you know yeah I mean we're we were at the we were two weeks away uh, from ending the non conference portion of the schedule twenty twenty days from now is as we record is the first conference game of the season against Alabama and tough start to the schedule you got you got Bama. At Tennessee. At two and then, top eight teams. And then Ole Miss, that's always a difficult game mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. So, I mean, you you kick it right off, man. Yeah. I mean, if you can get, if you can be three and two and one after your first three, you're in great shape. Great shape. So we'll see. Kentucky, you gotta get one. You gotta beat you gotta beat Ole Miss. Yeah, you need to win one out two there. We'll uh, Kentucky right. just shared a video of Tayshawn Prince and my eye twitched. That's your boy. Oh, I mean, you know me. Now you love Tayshawn. 
I hated those teams back in the day. Gerald Fitch, Keith Bogans, yeah, Tayshawn Prince, Chuck Hayes. Yeah. Oh well. I still have nightmares about that 2004 game. By the way, it's okay. It's good. It can't hurt you anymore. Uh, one thing last thing before we go, you wanted to talk about the a little bit more about the running backs in terms of what state's going to do to replace them. Uh, you know, obviously got to replace Dylan Johnson. Jacobius Marks, that still seems to very much still be up in the air. Who are the Bulldogs bringing in over the next couple of weeks? Yeah, man. I mean, this is this is going to get pretty hairy for State quickly, especially if Marks leaves. I mean, and just speaking on the, the bowl game uh, as it is, I mean, you're talking about if, if Marks leaves before the bowl game, you've got one scholarship running back left. Yeah. And that is uh, – that's kind of scary. But, I mean, it's, it's a bowl game. But it's a game I think State needs to win. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but it's obviously going to be a challenge with the running game. Uh, so there's that. But as far as the replacements, I mean, if you lose both those guys, I feel like you almost have to go get two transfers. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can carry – just the three scholarship running backs. Or could you sign a, a second high school back? I guess it would be four scholarship running backs. Could, you, could you go Price, Davis, Pittman, and then you sign another guy? Well, I just don't know if, you know, reaching on a high school running back, unless it's a real good guy. Unless it's Dante you know, Dowdle, basically. If Dante Dowdle says, all right, I'm in, mm-hmm. then yes, you absolutely take him. You don't have to take another transfer portal mm-hmm. running back. But – that's not going to happen, and I don't know if they're going to find a guy that is a real great fit there. Mm-hmm. So you probably need another guy, maybe somebody that um, is willing to share, you know, somebody that's just willing to be kind of a, you know, I don't know, like a, like a third guy or something, then that would be ideal. I don't know if you're going to get two legit potential starting running backs like you would have had with uh, mm-hmm. Marks and Johnson. Right. But – all that to say, they are in the game with several guys. They're planning on bringing in Wake Forest running back Chris Turner, I believe, next week. And I, I think that Cavassier Smoke from Kentucky is also planning on coming in for a visit. Mm-hmm. So They've been recruiting. I don't know how it's coming along, but they're trying to bring in uh, Vanderbilt running back Ray Davis, I believe. Yes, and all three of those running backs, I think, would help you. Mm-hmm. Um I wasn't really sold on Cavassier Smoke coming in with what Mississippi State had returning mm-hmm. because I just I didn't know if he was that much better than either one of those starters <clears throat> to, to really help you next year. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to lose both of those guys, you could do a whole lot worse than a guy that has Knows his uh, way rushed for over 1,500 yards yeah. at Kentucky. Yeah. So, And he's, he's really kind of you know falling back with Chris Rodriguez taking over, but yeah. I mean, like I said, you could do a lot worse. No, no doubt. I mean, that's a, that's what this is going to be about is sort of damage control at this point. And one thing that I, I will say is I like Simeon Price. When, yeah. I, when I got to see him this year, I thought he was impressive. So you just can't leave it all in his hands. I mean, you got to have other options out there. It feels like these next two weekends of recruiting are more about the transfer portal. Like the, all the high school kids were kind of in last weekend, and now yeah. it's just about your portal guys trying to bring them in and, and settle that up. How many? If you said, if I said, made you guess, how many guys from the portal Mississippi State's going to sign in this period? How many would you guess? Uh, six to eight. Yeah, eight, it just eight. depends on who they lose, man. I mean, yeah, see who else is going. Yeah, if they're able to stop this bleeding per se, which I mean, right now, I mean, you've lost. You're gonna. You're. It looks like you're probably going to lose three or four, two deepers on the offensive side of the ball. Thomas. Thomas. Thomas, Thomas, Marks, Johnson and Johnson. Yeah, that sounds like a law firm. Yeah, if you, if you lose those guys, then you just need to replace them with you got, you, a couple there's, of there's portal four, wide receivers, a couple of running backs. You need four guys there. You'd like to maybe get a, a pass rusher on the defensive line, so that's five. You probably need to bring in a couple of defensive backs, a corner and a safety, so that's seven. You need yep. a kicker. There's eight. It'll probably be getting close to ten. Yeah, maybe maybe closer to ten. So, but it's just not you know the situation is not as dire as it seems. If they can lock everything down where it is again, and going back to what we said earlier, it's not nobody is really freaking out. If if Dylan Johnson's 
transfer edit is just a normal transfer edit. Right. Just thank you and goodbye. They just they have to they have to get players with comparable talent. Like I've said, mm-hmm. this is going to be what happens every year. You're going to lose good players, at least one or two every year. You're going to lose guys that aren't happy with their playing time, or something like that. Right. This is the new way. Yeah. Can't lose you know the bulk of your starters on both sides or something like that. You've just got to be able to replace those guys. You're going to have new faces every single year. Ole Miss had a you know, offensive and defensive, like, transformation this year because they lost so many guys, and they were able to kind of keep their head above water. Several teams did that. State's got to be able to do that. They've got to stop – got to have damage control here in the locker room. I don't know about, you know, if they had a, a team meeting. I just know last night things were escalating with a lot of offensive players. A lot of yes. them were upset. A lot of them were talking behind the scenes. And there was a chance last night that the roster started to really kind of blow up. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's been resolved. Hopefully they had a team meeting. Everything's been talked about and they've smoothed it over because you really need to keep everybody kind of together as they are right now mm-hmm. and replace some of those pieces. And I think they'll be fine. It's like I said, I right now as it stands, if everything stays where it is, it's not as dire as it's been made out to be. But yeah. if things if things start rolling down the hill, like they were kind of trending on um, Wednesday night, it could get ugly. So it's it's really up to Leach and the staff and and all those guys to really kind of you know hone in what the big picture is and and move on. I agree. All right, can't wait to see what we've got to talk about on Monday. Should be a lot of fun. Yay! I can't wait. All right, guys, have a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you again very, very soon. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.